The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. He describes himself as a knowledge mercenary and he travels the world to uncover lessons needed to uplift communities. Recently, he's launched a series of books and uh, started to write a trilogy. The first one was Future Now. The second one was Future How. And I was very fortunate enough to go and read it. Now, I'm not saying that this is a massive book to read, but it's a great um conversation, I suppose one could say, between John Sanai, who is the uh, futurist and also the economist um, Iraj, Iraj Abadian. And I want to say thank you very much to John. Thank you so much for joining us on the line. Sorry, John, I'm having a little moment here. Where are you actually calling us from today? Good morning. Hi, great <laughs> to be on. Thank you. I am in Mahubas Kloof, which is Right up in the Limpopo province, uh, my parents have a farm up here. And when the COVID-19 lockdown started happening around the world, yeah. I decided very quickly that a 20th floor apartment block in Dubai was not the place I wanted to be in lockdown. So I made a quick escape to my family farm and I've been here ever since. John, I, I must say I read through Future How yesterday. What an easy read. Thank goodness. I mean, it was it was in and it was out, and yet it came to a couple of really fantastic, um, strategically interesting ways of looking at the world as it is today. One of the yes. things that you raise, and you raise with your co-author as well, um, yes. Iraj Abedien, which is the idea of resilience and agility in a time right now. Yes. Tell us a little well, bit about that. Sure. I mean, be- before I even tell you about that, is that Iraj is a, obviously a very well-known economist. Yes. And is stuck in the nuts and bolts of changing policy with governments. I am somebody who likes to speak to organizations and governments about the possibility of a different future. Yeah. And I think that the combination has been really well received. And so what we're trying to do in this very quick ebook, which will be expanded into a much deeper book uh, once we're done with COVID-19, is just try to give people a new narrative of what is possible out there as far as an economic system is concerned. And so the resilience and agility that we are speaking about is not only within this economic system, but the agility to try and develop a new economic system, a new framework in which we can now devise a new type of success that's more sustainable and fair for the whole human population. The rules and regulations we're following right now of this economic system are a hundred years old. Yeah. And we have grown in sophistication as a human population in leaps and bounds, but we are still being driven by production and efficiency, which is really from the Industrial Revolution. So we're trying to say, look, humans aren't robots. Humans are humans. And we need to start looking at ourselves like that so that we're not profit over everything else, but really moving from shareholder to stakeholder as a, as a sort of business philosophy. You know, John, one of the things that I was interested in, and was in fact a sidebar um, as well, which Iraj had added, which was around the concept of terminology of yes. um, economics. So yes. you were talking about moving from capitalism to a humanist expression of capitalism. And what I found yes. interesting about that was around the, again, as I say, the terminology that we need to mm. start shifting the terminology. And I wonder if we even need to go beyond a term like humanist expression of capitalism or socialist capitalism. Maybe there's a brand new word altogether. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, that, that's Iraj's genius, because when we were actually discussing the book, he said, look, 
communism is not all bad. It's got some fantastic perspectives on it. And socialism is not all bad. And capitalism is not all bad. We need to devise a new ism. Yeah. And so this new ism is not only just Iraj and I. There's a huge body of work that's been developed in universities and thought leaders around the world trying to figure out what this new thing looks like and yeah. how can we now bring it into policy. So I think we you know right now we're sitting on conscious capitalism or new market capitalism or the new capitalism. There's, there's many new sort of nuances around it, but ultimately we don't want to take competition out of the system, but we also don't want to let the whole system run wild because what's happened now is that we must realize the economy is not a jungle, it's a garden. And yeah. we need to bring in new rules and new regulations in so that we can create a more sustainable future for everybody and not have this disparity of wealth that's really not fair to the people at the bottom. And this number of the bottom are just getting bigger and bigger. And yeah. just like the French Revolution, the pitchforks will eventually arrive. And so mm. we must uh, become conscious and aware of it. You know, you talk about that in the book very clearly. And, and it reminded me of a book that I'd read, and I forget who the author was. It was called The Rise and Rise of the Plutocracy. And indeed, mm. in many ways, it focuses on the idea of um, the, the, the wealth differentiation, but even particularly if we look at South Africa, yes, we have the highest mm. Gini coefficient in the world. Mm. But even if I look at America, that's not doing too badly for itself either. Well, look, I think, again, if we just get down to the emotional idea of what success looks like, that's what, I that's like what we to have know. to change. Yeah. Is that, you know, hoarding money in billions and billions, you actually, what, that's not a cool thing. Not, yeah. wait, when did that become cool when other people can't pay their salary? I mean, can't pay their rent and can't buy food for their family. So it's not just the economic system. It's the emotional idea of success that we've been indoctrinated into from a very young age. We've all been marketed to that the BMW and the Rolex and no matter what happens to the planet, as long as we are blingy blingy, that's what yeah. matters. And I think that it, that's almost becoming a bad taste. And so we want to bring about and, uh, and help bring about a new narrative where we design new success factors. And so even the people that are coming out of poverty, for them not to be driving themselves to buy a BMW over anything else, but really look at it at a more sustainable way of seeing success. You know, you, you talk about the new narratives, and, and it was something that I found very interesting in the conversation in the book, was around the idea of um, – different cultural narratives. And it made me think a lot about the idea of cultural intelligence or social intelligence. Yes. We seem to have forgotten how important that is in terms of driving the conversation. So if we look at someone, and you noted this in the book, of how price um, equates to a CEO who earns billions, instead of saying right now, if we look at the COVID-19, who, who should be earning the most money right yes. now? The nurses yes. and the doctors, because they're yes. on the front line. Yes. Well, look, again, this is cultural nuances. So yeah. there's different ways to change the narrative. One is through policy. But the other one is who's cool in the, in the sort of media and what are we following and what are we looking at and what are we praising out there? Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I heard about the green economy. And yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? What is a green economy? And then California was like this whole thing on the Prius. Remember, everybody yes. was driving a Prius yeah. and then... 
people were eating vegetables, and I was like, what is going on? And then slowly but surely, that just became the narrative that we all started buying into. And in Germany right now, the policymakers are shifting everything from consumer centricity to planet centricity. So soon, you'll start seeing that it's actually so uncool to have a gas-guzzling car. You actually, you're frowned upon. Yeah. by the rest of the population. So this is all the narratives that we have all bought into from from years and years ago. So narratives that made slavery okay to women not voting, to child labor camps, to apartheid. Those are all cultural narratives. And so besides policy, which Iraj is excellent at, I'm yeah. better at changing societal narratives. So this is what we're trying to do through these guidebooks. You come up with a couple of very interesting um, answers, which obviously you would address then in your your future next uh, part of the trilogy. But um, maybe just briefly just raise what those are. What do you mean? The the, 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 The answers, yeah. Yeah, look, very briefly, because really this is Iraj's expertise more than anything else. Yeah. And one of them, for example, is if we pay people less money, we can make more profits. And for us, we've done some research and we've realized that actually that's the worst thing to do because when you pay less money to people, they've got less money to buy. So what are you trying to do as a business when you're trying to squeeze salaries down and ultimately those people can't even buy from you? And so what you're doing as a business owner there and as an economic system is you're sucking all the oxygen out the system, which means the people can't even support you. So Ford was a great example of it. You know, he went from paying his people $1.75 a day to $5 a day. And, and they said to him, are you mad? What are you doing? And he <laughs> said, well, my people can't even buy my cars. So what's the point of me making cars for the people when they can't afford it? So that's just one of the points. And yeah. We will discuss those five steps in much more depth and we'll have a lot more studies around each one of them to show the pros and cons of each one of them and, and try and unpack them so that it becomes a more practical tool rather than just a far-flung idea. It's a brilliant uh, read. Uh, as I say, a quick read, which made it even better and uh, certainly an interesting one. John Sane, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, John Sane and Iraj Abedian, the economist, have come together with that particular project. It's called Future How. And if you want to get onto the website of John Sane and get onto the book, the read, then go to johnsane.com, J-O-H-N-S-A-N-E-I.com.